Hi, I'm Elena Noor. I'm the Director of Political Security Affairs at the Asia Society Policy Institute, and I am here with... Hi, I'm Greg Poling. I direct the Southeast Asia Program and the Asian Maritime Transparency Initiative at the Center for Strategic and International Studies here in Washington. So, Greg, the big news in Southeast Asia this week, probably through to next week as well, is about Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin's visit to the region. And I know you wrote a commentary on this that came out this morning. Um, to me, it seemed really quite positive in general. I know you have some caveats in there, but I was wondering if you could expand a little more on your impressions of how his speech was received in the region. Yeah, so I think, it, as I said in the piece, it was really a two-part visit. And so part one in Singapore, particularly the IISS speech at the Fullerton uh, lecture series, I think was meant to assuage the concerns and respond to the criticism that the administration increasingly seems self-aware of, right? That they are not paying enough attention to Southeast Asia. It is uh, negligent that six months in, they haven't had a phone call between President Biden and any Southeast Asian leader, that this was the first cabinet uh, meeting. And I think that, that they get that. So Austin's job was to say, we understand, mea culpa, uh, we are going to uh, show the region more love going forward, and to frame it as a positive agenda, not just about China. And so I, I thought the speech in general was that. It started with COVID, it moved on to partnerships, that was the title of the speech, and China was at the tail end. It was really a speech framed around the partners. What I was also struck by was that in conversations, including uh, one that IISS had right afterwards with a large number of analysts, the reception from Southeast Asian analysts seemed generally positive. Um, I think the sense was, of course, this didn't hit everything, and we can nitpick at things like the lack of an economic agenda, but for a single speech, given the hurdles that he faced, I thought it ticked all the boxes. Yeah, unfortunately, I wasn't able to attend that post-speech discussion, uh, but it's interesting that you mentioned that. So I think within the region, there was some relief that the region's messaging has been received. And I think one of the upsides of the Fullerton speech was that the US is hearing Southeast Asia, has been listening to Southeast Asia, and is beginning to take steps to address what has been seen as weaknesses in US foreign policy, um, as you mentioned, mea culpa. And I think also one of the upsides of um, this visit by Austin was that the U.S.'s first cabinet secretary to visit the region in person was a defense secretary. And it underscores sort of the U.S.'s security commitment and partnership to the region. So as you mentioned, he spoke about vaccine support and assistance, uh, also talking about U.S.'s help not only singularly, but also multilaterally with partners. And so I think all those are positives. But... I also think that one of the downsides of the U.S.'s first cabinet secretary visiting Southeast Asia in person is the fact that it was done by the defense secretary. Um, and so it's a double-edged sword because, as you mentioned, there was this lack of economic agenda. Um, and understand that we're, in a, we're still in a pandemic, but 
I think also the fact that it was a defense secretary being in the region talking about vaccine assistance, talking about DOD prioritizing uh, American diplomacy, that to me was a bit weird and awkward. What do you think? I mean, I I get that um, argument, and I don't necessarily disagree with it. What I wrote in the piece was, of course, this doesn't solve anything, but I think it bought the administration some time. If Blinken, in whatever form his engagement with the Austin Regional Forum is next month, and Vice President Harris uh, go into the region next month, and then hopefully President Biden both engaging in EAS and making more progress on on vaccines at the in-person quad summit in the fall, if they can build on this, then this did its job, right? Which was stop the bleeding a little bit in Southeast Asia and buy them some time. I also think, and I'd love your take on this, that the second part of the trip from the U.S. perspective was just as, if not more, important. I mean, certainly the VFA, um, saving the VFA in the Philippines is the big deliverable, but overall, the hard deliverables in Vietnam and the Philippines, as well as the meeting with Defense Minister Ng, was about going to the three places in Southeast Asia where the U.S. sees the most important partnerships, the greatest strategic alignment, and where they can get things done. And, you know, those places aren't Indonesia, Malaysia, Thailand, they're the three countries he went to. Do you think that's fair? I mean, I agree with your analysis that he only had so much time and he could only be in so many places during that time. And we're coming up against time, but what I'll say is this, I think Lloyd Austin has laid a good groundwork for reinforcing the US-ASEAN relationship. It would be a missed opportunity though, if visits that follow his, whether by the vice president or maybe Secretary Blinken, don't spread out the